Hey guys, and welcome to the Canely Crew Podcast. I'm your host, Chesley White. And your co-host, Marina Register. Um, so we went golfing this weekend. We did, and yes. And I heard some exciting news about your game. Yes, I had the, my best score ever, um, which everyone's going to laugh at this, but I was I shot a 57 on the front nine and the back nine for a 114. Um, and uh, yeah, that was really exciting. Um, and then I had a golf lesson on Sunday evening and got to tell Kyle all about it. Did he love he was, it? Yes, he was very proud. Um, and then we started uh, working on my driver. The driver is the... The last part of the game that I really need, I mean, of course, there's a lot more, but that's yeah. the part that I really need to refine. The so. driver is hard because longest club. And Agreed. I sometimes will text Kyle my scores if I'm really proud of them. Yeah. I'll be like, hey, Kyle, I got this score. And he's like, yay. And the best part about scoring that well, I mean, it was that we also played with Steven, my husband. And, right. Which and so he that was really now. cool to, to uh, let he's him see a, that. He's a good golfer. Yeah. You can tell him I said so. I will. Be, I don't want to say it to his face, though, you know. <laughs> um, well, we were actually really excited. We had a great conversation with Ramona. I I knew that she was going to be great, but I just felt like this was such an interesting interview. And she gave us so many like great little snippets. Yes, just yes you guys are going to love this interview. I'm so excited for you to hear it. Um, she talks about things such as um, gives us some advice like be yourself and you just have to be confident in in what you're doing and I mean and, and that's so simple but it, it it's seems really simple so but especially when you have I feel like her story behind it it's all things that she clearly took to heart and she's kind of a front runner in a lot of things oh, like yeah. there's several times in the interview where she mentions like yeah I was the first woman that did whatever yeah, I was the first true. woman that did this and just a lot of confidence and just really. Really interesting person. Yeah, and I love, um, which, you know, not to give away too much, but I just love how much she was not afraid to take risks to get where she wanted to be. Like, she just visualized it and made it happen. Yeah, Um, I love that. Anyway, it is an awesome interview. Um, and then also be sure to check out the best part of the interview, which <laughs> Marina and Ravona sing the theme song for Speed Racer. It is amazing. It's so. a classic. I, I'm sure you'll all be singing along because it's a well, well, well-known song. <laughs> Actually never heard of it before. Uh, well, I need to watch it now, apparently. Though. Now you should. Yeah. So all that being said, I mean, here we go. Yeah. Well, so welcome in Ramona. Let's bring her in. Well, today we have with us Ramona Farrell, who is the owner and founder of Farrell Insights LLC. Welcome, Ramona. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Yeah, how are you doing today? <laughs> so, well, I played pickleball for a couple hours this morning. A great game. So, yes. I have I, heard really good things about that. It is, like, people love it. It is. And it's something where I look and I go, okay, for the next 20 years, I won't give away my age, but I'm good, <laughs> right? It's great That's exercise awesome. and I'm enjoying it. Okay, I talked to someone the other day and they were trying to tell me that they thought that pickleball was harder than tennis, but. I couldn't play tennis to save my life. No, so I don't know that it's harder. There are definitely rules. Yes, for sure. Right, and you still, I mean, I've only been playing for, what, so long? Not that long, <laughs> but we're all, oh, darn it, missed that. Right, right. so right. it's very, yeah. um, it is strategic, mm-hmm. right, but you play at the wiffle ball, so when, if you happen to get hit by it, it doesn't right. quite hurt that badly. That's but, true, that's um, true. But it's fun, right? And there's this line, right, called the kitchen area, and it kind of equals a playing field. So if you're playing against somebody who's quite um, taller, stronger, um, it makes you feel confident that oh, I'll be able to hit that ball back. Yes. <laughs> They're not standing on top of you going to smash you or something. But That's it true. is it's So fun. do you have a decent amount of area to, like, run around? Yeah, so it's um, take a tennis uh, tennis court, right, but the, the length and distance is 22 feet. Uh, mm-hmm. So really it's just a reduced size of a tennis court. Okay. Yeah. And Interesting. Yeah. But you play the net. That sits a little bit lower than a tennis court net. And it's, again, it's just something, um, the paddle's lighter, smaller in size. Okay. Uh, but similar swing motions, yeah. if you will. Uh, but I, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Again, I'm newer at it. Uh, but when I see more experienced people still make mistakes, I think there's hope for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's well, cool. I'll I mean, sometime. <laughs> yeah, it's yes. fun. Check I it think out. it's super fun. Yeah, one, it's really catching on up here, too. Yeah, for sure. I think there's a lot of the parks, like Gower Park, we go up and play there. Okay, yes. And they yeah. have it um, marked out, right? So you can see like where the kitchen is and where pickleball yeah. is. So it's and there's actually an upstate pickleball uh, Facebook and oh. calendar of events and. Awesome. We're really up. Greenville has a busy social calendar. Yes. 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 Well, I love it. Well, I am very eager to hear about your story. Um, So why don't we start from the beginning? How did you get into Mm. this industry? Well, first of all, tell us what you do. Okay. So Feral Insights, I do forensic accounting work. 
and also management consulting projects, so working with business owners, companies, and of late, we've been being asked to work on accounting systems and help them clean up, get them structured better, either because they need bank financing, they're looking to expand, and so doing a lot of that work, which is not something I planned for, but it's working out quite well. And then the last um, sliver, if you will, that I also focus on is merger and acquisitions. Uh, tends to be more discrete projects. Mm-hmm. And uh, at one point in my own history, had a boutique CPA firm that I was a managing partner of, and we were acquired by a large national firm. And coming out of that, they just saw how well I did, I guess. And so then I took over acting as their integration leader for their own acquisitions of other companies. And I enjoyed that. Everything I do uh, is surrounded around people. Right. So numbers may be at the forefront, but people's lives are behind the numbers. And I'm a very people centric person. So Mm -hmm. knowing that I can have an impact, make a difference, relieve stress, allow people to have closure in one area and move on is just very fulfilling and important to me. So in my world now, right, having my own business, I get to kind of do a mix of everything I enjoy. Uh, And that's been a, a huge benefit. With mergers and acquisitions, do you help with, like, the actual acquisition of it, or do you help more with the integration of it? Uh, So integration. So when I was with the national firm, I would actually, from start to finish, um, so think of me in the middle, the conduit. Mm -hmm. So I would have a team of specialists on the the firm that's acquiring, a team of specialists on the firm that's being acquired, Mm -hmm. and then just making sure um, the deadlines are being met. I'd I'd lay out the deadlines, just like project management. Right, Right, right fix the dates as we have to shift. Um, But maybe more important, if we're having bottlenecks or if the firm that's being acquired suddenly could feel the tension or second-guessing themselves, to be able to get in there early, Mm -hmm. smooth it, right, address their issues and needs, be able to go back, even though I was working for this national firm, be able to go back and, hey, here's what they're experiencing, this is what they need, or this is why they're not going to provide the documents right now, so they really have to address these issues. And that way everybody was informed, Mm -hmm. and so it created a very smooth process. Um, And then the post, I'd stay engaged for up to 30 days and would make sure that, uh, especially if it was a company that was bringing brought brought in-house, that everybody felt the value. Mm -hmm. Everybody felt like they had a place. Um, And, yeah, and just the things that they needed were there ready to go. Um, So, for example, I had another partner call and he said, hey, I've been hearing about you. I've been here for a year and, you know, I want the things that they're getting. You know, I'm still waiting. And I said, well, okay, let's talk. Let's figure out where the gaps are. And then I'll, it was a New York office. I said, I'll have somebody walk over to where you're working and figure out how we get you up to speed too. Um, So that says to me, you know, there's this need and you want people, again, to feel the value, right, mm-hmm. that they're really happy about the acquisition and it takes a lot of the guesswork or the, okay, great, I've been acquired, now what? You know, right. so that that part. Yeah, do you feel like you act like a counselor a lot of times in that um, role? Because I could see, like, you know, a lot of emotions being involved in yeah. a situation like that, mm-hmm. and you're trying to, like, bridge between the two sides. At least. Well, it is, right, and it's actually, yeah. I would say, in that role, even more important is just being a good listener. Right. And oftentimes, um, like here's, you know, these are partners with needs and you have to respect that. And it's that listening to the cues they're giving you because they might not come right out and say what they need, but you can kind of figure out, okay, something's wrong here. Mm -hmm. So if you probe a little bit and then sit back and just allow them to have that conversation with you and they realize it's a non-threat, that I'm not a threat. Right. I'm actually there to help the process. Mm -hmm then it's, again, they're more willing to say, hey, we're frustrated about this. Um, you know, we know you want this, but we're not giving it to you because, right? And someone else, they might not be so willing to be so um, frank in their comments, but it, it works. So, yeah, counselor, sounding board, just yeah. um, good listener. Um, this might be slightly off topic, but I'm also an accountant who also yes. really cares about people. <laughs> um, and it's getting easier, I feel like, in our industry to be a people person, that does well and doesn't all it doesn't have to all just be like numbers or technical. Were there any things that you felt like either like books you read or things that you like leadership things that you went through that you felt like were really helpful to kind of help you shape how you dealt with people in a very number centric industry? So full disclosure, I'm not a CPA. But I have been raised in the CPA <laughs> world for over 20 years. Right. Um, my undergraduates in communications and so I think it's uh, coming from communications. 
probably gave you yeah but you also have the right people right so um i also do instruction for south Mm -hmm. carolina associated cpa so i talk across the state for them and i remember teaching as a leadership course and this partner from a firm came up afterwards and he was saying yeah he said so i'm a partner he goes but i'm actually a technical partner he goes, I figured out early on, I'm not necessarily a people person. I mean, I can lead and manage a team, but I'm much better at managing processes and the technical side. And so their firm found a place for him. So mm-hmm. he can shine as a partner and take ownership of that area. So I think that's something too, right? That ability to recognize where your skills and strengths are and to be okay and kind of embrace, right, who you are. Yes. Um, and so technical side, I, I mean, hats off to the CPAs, but I need the calculator. I need the computer. I if cannot, I didn't have I Excel, I would be dead. Okay, thank yeah, you. Probably everyone's in that same boat. But, but, but growing up in that world, I mean, I had, you know, the people could just do it in their head, the interest, the percentage, and I would just be like oh, in awe of them. But, you know, uh, once I have it figured out, I'm pretty dialed in, right? Right, And yeah. on the forensic side, I love... Uh, because not necessarily always a good thing, but tracing the money, right? Mm-hmm. Following the money, um, figuring out what stories line up with the money, right? Um, right. I so think that would be so interesting. And it is, I have actually. to say, the first time I learned about forensic accountant, what, accounting was watching the accountant. <laughs> have you seen that movie? Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's just like, well, I have to speak at universities about forensic accounting to CPAs to so just get them informed that the world, the CPA world is much larger than being an auditor and being a tax person, right? The consulting world is just blown up. Just like mm-hmm. now, if you have, if you're somebody who loves coding or uh, the cyberspace, you just have that mentality, mm-hmm. right? You're, you're nodding your head because you know, right? The yeah. field is wide open for that experience and those people. But, um, but that ability to be analytical serves me really well. But at the same time, I can be compassionate, maybe empathetic if I need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so interviewing, right? That ability to connect with somebody when you're interviewing and you're not necessarily interviewing them in a good sense, right? Because yeah. you, yeah. you're on to something. Yes, right? Yeah. But it's that ability to get somebody to like put their guard down, relax, and suddenly their story comes out. Um, I did a business email compromise down in Florida. So just went down, interviewed everybody for three days, came back and wrote reports. But it was a compromise that was it was a scam played on the CEO of the company. And like by day two, he's in a grown man, right? But in tears because he felt like he let the company down. He let his employees down. Financially, it really did put them at risk. Um, so there's this very human side, right? Again, yeah. behind the numbers. And so... No, not a CPA. Do I get it? Yes. Can I follow the money? Can I do debits and credits? Yes. Do I like to? No. <laughs> um, but I, I understand, right? Just on the management side, I know what reports an owner of a company should be receiving, right? right? I know how to help them figure out how to uh, analyze their financials, right? To get good information, good information out, in and out versus garbage in, garbage out, mm-hmm. which we're going to hear. So you've heard those terms. We love a garbage in, garbage out situation. <laughs> <laughs> right? But it's that... Um, so that part, like I know, and then I have consultants that work with me, contractors who have different specializations. So I have a variety of people I, I tap into, um, which is also a blessing, right? They heard oh, I was yeah. launching my own business, and it's nice to have people reach out and say, hey, I'd like to work with you. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, let me see how this is going to work. I mean, it sounds like your day-to-day is probably pretty varied, but yeah. if you could kind of give us an idea of what a day in the life of, of Ramona looks like when she's not playing pickleball. Yeah. Uh, when I'm not, okay, so for this morning, <laughs> to, play, to play pickleball for a couple hours, like I was up and at the computer by 6 a.m. Because that's a commitment. I'm very disciplined that yeah. way. So if I'm going to play, I'm going to work first, right? Because I have I to understand. earn yeah. that play time. What um, I wanted is for you to have just taken the morning off. Yeah. That would make yeah, me feel better, better but yeah. okay. I can't. It's so, right? I I'm know. just. Marina also has this problem with her golf game. She tries to fit in as much <laughs> golf as possible, but then she does have a lot of work to do. So <laughs> it's like, you know, it's, it's funny. It's yeah. rough. Right. Um, so it depends if it's case driven or management driven. Um, I spend quite a bit of time uh, answering emails, uh, just, and I'm also big on networking and connecting. Mm-hmm. So I, and I constantly, maybe as now being an owner myself, um, the pipeline's always in my mind, right? And who else should I reach out to? So I don't have annuity work. Um, it's, one-offs, right? Yeah. You need me on yeah. the forensic job. I'm in when it's done. I'm out. Uh, management consulting, my company has this issue, whether it's ownership, accounting, whatever it is. Um, but once it's resolved, if there's not a phase two, 
you're you're out of there, right? Mm-hmm. And people aren't going to think about me when something happens unless I've had those connections, right, yeah. and contact. So a lot of my day is thinking about um, who should I be connecting with. And I will also say I get a lot of people who email asking me for, you know, can you connect me with so-and-so? Do you know who does this or that? And to me, that's giving back. I have no problem helping connect others because I also feel like if it's not me, let's get you the right solution. Um, so I work in that kind of realm too. But so it's doing those things. Um, I have three cases that I'm working with um, an expert out in California. So later this afternoon, I'm actually going to be on the phone with him because I've done some analysis for him and he's got follow-up questions. So I'll be having those calls. Um, They are. Okay. So one is a cannabis matter to breach a contract. So fun, right? So I have to learn about the cannabis industry. So you kind of, which is fun on the forensic side, right? Uh Because it's always, if it's a new industry, new line of business, you have to understand it. So I enjoy that. Kind of challenges me, Mm -hmm. and I'm a kind of a continual learner type of person. Um, But we have that. Another one was result of a Ponzi scheme. There was a criminal side that settled. Now there's a civil side. So I'm helping out on the civil side of the case. And then um, there's one other one that's a due diligence involving a CPA firm. Do you do any, like, expert witness type of stuff? Mm -hmm. I have um, two, a federal case um, right now that I'm waiting. It should have settled. It hasn't, but it's, uh, like, over a year old. And they can go on quite long. I've had cases three, five, eight years. Um, Wow. So this one's into year two, I guess, now. And then I have another one that's in process that's actually out of um, Greenville. And I'm the expert on that one also. So how do you balance all these things? I mean, being a business owner, I can relate in that sense of wearing many hats and having to do many different things, especially if you're small. How do you balance that? Like, I got to do some work here. I got to do, you know, this thing, that thing. But then, oh, I've also got to be networking and business development and social media probably. You know, like, how do you do you have, like, Time slots, or how do you handle that? Um, I don't. I, I will say no to time slots. Sometimes it's okay. the pressure, right? So yeah. you kind of know what needs to bump up to be a priority, mm-hmm. and then it's just focus, right? So if this is what I need, I know I need to get done today. Then this is what I'm going to do. So like my California call will probably be five o'clock our time or later, but I'm mm-hmm. going to have that call sometime today, and that's just my commitment because it's. I'm on sure. the case, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, also tell you, like, a Rotary Club of Greenville, I'm stepping in as their president on July 1. And congrats. Was, congrats. Yeah, congrats, but also, like, oh, woman, what are you doing? Right? <laughs> uh, but so same thing. I'm going to probably get up early because I know I have Rotary things I have to deal with, and I'll probably just carve out. So before I, quote, begin my real work day, maybe mm-hmm. at 8, say, mm-hmm. I'll say 6 to 8, I'm going to focus on Rotary. Um, now, sometimes I'm a little bit like a squirrel, so if another email pops in, I know, and yeah. I sometimes have to say to myself, don't look at that, just stay focused on what you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. And then I do have, as I mentioned, contractors working with me, and so I'm I'm very good about leveraging and letting people run. I mean, I the people I have are experienced, they're talented, and I trust them. So once That's they huge. understand the project, the scope, they just check in with me, or I'll check in if I need to, but you have to trust your people. And are those like 1099 kind of like contract employees? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So you bring them on per job as you need them kind of yeah. thing. They've signed like general um, consulting agreements. And then okay. as the jobs pop, I just figure out who I need to have on board with me and then gotcha. reach out. And... I feel like that's a good that's skill awesome. though, like to being able to figure out like what tasks or like what projects really go with the skills that are yes. present to make yes. sure that you're matching them up correctly. Yeah. Well, and even um, on the management side, dealing with owners, mm-hmm. it's easy to, oh, yeah, no, let us do this. You need this. You need that versus, okay, let's take a deep breath. And so this current one I'm working on, there are going to be phases, but the ability to kind of say, okay, let's let's just look at this piece right now, right? Let's let's work on this, and that's done. Now let's talk about the next piece. Where someone else might be tempted to come and say, oh, yeah, no, I can do all that. Let's just, yeah. okay. I mean, it gets really expensive, but also I feel like you want the owners to have a sense of ownership in the product of mm-hmm. what you're doing, a say in it, right. to under, actually understand what's happening versus they're just nodding their head yes because they're overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And in this case, you know, the owners are overwhelmed, but it's that, you know, if we just do it in slices, yeah. 
it makes it right. Well, I mean, like manageable. you have to you have to manage the owner almost yes. as much as you're managing your own team yes. to make sure that everyone's on the same page yeah. and on board. Yeah. Um, so what would you say would be like the most challenging part of your job and what mm. would you say would be like the most rewarding part? The challenging is to say, it's okay, Ramona, <laughs> breathe, like slow down and breathe. <laughs> and I, I'm laughing, you're laughing, so that's good. But um, so when I first launched, I think within three months, right? And I, and I had work already coming in the door. I was an expert on a case. They wanted to stay with me. So I, I actually had work to do. But um, again, that idea of the pipeline. But I had people saying, okay, you are where most people are nine months down the road after they started a business. You know, how many weeks ago did you just start? Mm -hmm. Just breathe. But I feel like, no, I really can't breathe um, because that's just not me, right? I'll play pickleball for two hours. That's my my breather, right? But but that is the challenge is not to become complacent. Mm -hmm. Right. Not to say, okay, I've got, you know, two or three jobs right now that I'm working. So let's just work those. And then, you know, when those wrap up, then I'll think about what else. To me, that's very dangerous, especially as someone right owning your own business. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's a constant. Um, So that's the challenge, right, is to keep self-imposed pressure, not to the point of making myself ill or something, but (laughs) right. But just that sense of I'm doing everything I should be doing mm-hmm. to help my company be successful. Yeah. Can I ask, what made you make the jump from, like, being in a firm to having your own? Yeah. So the— Which, I mean, you had your own before. Well, I was a like, managing partner, so I had it. other partners. I didn't—I couldn't—as a non-CPI, I can't right, have, like, right. own, own the company. Um but back in June, actually, I had a call. This is what June of last year. It was a um, private equity firm that called me. I was working with a CPA firm at the time, and they started asking about um, working with them on due diligence. They were going to s- expand into looking at investing in CPA firms. And so I had to stop the conversation midway. I said, yeah, I just want to check. Um, are you calling Ramona the individual? Or are you calling Ramona as, as a member of you know this firm? And they're, well, no, we're calling you. And I said, okay, well, I'm not ready to just launch, start doing contract work. I mean, I, I would have to, you know, kind of really think about this and plan it out. So, of course, I said, I said, so thank you, but no thank you. But it kind of made my wheels start mm-hmm. going. So I have found, this is probably my lesson learned over the years, CPA firms, wealth of services, broad, but I also think there's a tendency to lock a person in. Right. So if you're a forensic accountant, oh, then you must be a forensic accountant. Yet we have this whole family business advisory. I have certifications as a family, you know, business advisor. And it's like out of sight, out of mind. Um, and then same on the merger and acquisitions. And I would have maybe a partner say, oh, I should have called you. You know, we should really talk more because I have clients that you can probably help. And I'd be, oh, great. Awesome. And then it's like crickets, <laughs> nothing, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And so I have. So to me, that was part of the when I looked and said, okay. And I am I am a risk taker, um, but I'm also a dreamer. So when I start dreaming, visualizing things, it starts becoming my reality. Mm-hmm. And the moment I start speaking about it, it is actually going to be my reality. I just know that about myself, right? Mm-hmm. So if I can start dreaming and visualizing, it's probably going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could just start seeing it and. So that call just kind of made me start thinking. And you just go, okay, if I'm going to do it, I should just do it. And so I did it. <laughs> I love it. Like how long did it take you to make that decision? Uh, so that was June. I launched September of this, just this year. Wow. So September 16th was my first official so like day. Three, four months, three and a half months. Yeah. So, well, September will be a year. But after that June thing, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was uh, like four, four months. And just these things start to... I'm also like when we moved, my husband and I moved out here, I'm a believer in, okay, Lord, if you don't want us to move to Greenville, so we're in Sacramento, right, mm-hmm. in California, just give us those roadblocks. It was like all sure. these green lights. So I'm thinking, okay, we're going to Greenville. Mm-hmm. And, you know, two years later, yeah. but here we were. So so why um, Greenville out of everywhere? Uh, so my son is military. Okay. And when he was an officer candidate school, he had a roommate from Greenville. Thanksgiving time, his roommate says, you're not going home to California. Come home with me. So my son is 23 at that time, single, calls home, Thanksgiving Day. We're chatting. All, I know I don't have a family yet, but if I ever, when I have my family, 
I just want to raise him in a community like this Greenville. Really? This is, yeah. Wow. And notice how I said Greenville instead yeah. of Greenville. You're doing I really good. Learning. You're really good. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, <laughs> but um, then my mom was living in Myrtle Beach. Uh, she fell, had a serious injury. I flew to Myrtle Beach to see her, and it was like the wake-up call, I, the age progression. So I flew home and just said, you know, I think we're retiring back to the East Coast a lot sooner than we thought, like 10 years early. And then I said to my husband, so I think we should go vacation, check out Greenville. <laughs> yeah. And he did. He looked at me, he goes, what are you talking about? I was vacation like, Jordan, don't you remember two years ago he called? I think this is the place. But one week here, we're getting back on the plane our first year. So two years, right, we checked out the area. And my husband's the one who's saying, I wish we were just turning around and driving to our home here. Really? So now, wow. you, can, now you can check that box off. That's right? huge. He worked at the airport um, in Sacramento. So he goes, you know, what do we do? Are we going to do this? I was like, we have to do it. So he puts in for a transfer for Greenville Airport. He goes, now it could really take a long time. I was like, well, whatever. We just have to start this. Two yeah. weeks later, he got approved for transfer. <laughs> oh, my God. So That's he perfect. came out. So he was here eight months before I arrived because I had to finish. I was right in the middle of our merger. So I had to wrap that up and then just kind of clean up a lot of things, you know, sell the house, all those right, things. Right. But you do, you just go green light, red light. It's green. I go, we're going, we're going, babe, we're going. Right. That's awesome. What a cool story. Yeah, it really is. But had my son not called and raved about right. Greenville, honestly, it wouldn't maybe have hit our radar screen because we, we knew nothing other yeah. than, you know, the area where my mom lived over so in Myrtle Beach. So I'm sensing a theme of someone plants an idea and then you start thinking about it. and then... if, I th- if I can see it, right, yeah. as a possibility, yeah. I'm open. I'm fine. I'd rather try something, fail at it. Uh, although the move would be huge to fail at, but, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, try something and fail and just know I tried. I mean, that's not failing, right? Because right. I tried it. Absolutely. Failing fast. Yeah, or just, just going, okay, well, I did that. That just didn't quite work, and that one's not for me, and I'm good with that. Yeah. Let's, let's, what's next? Gosh, right? I love it's it. Just, yeah. yeah, I'm pretty much a, my husband will say, like, do you have to be so cheerful? Don't you, <laughs> can't you just be depressed for a little while? And uh, I have, I am like that. I'm like, I don't know. We could sit here and moan and groan, but nothing's going to change, right? right? I mean, so what are we going to do about this? And so I yeah. tend to try to move it to the positive. Um, Where do you works. see your company going? Not tremendous in terms of, I had someone ask me that recently, someone who's interested in, in again, contracting and joining the team. And they're, well, how many more people? And Sal put me up to five contractors. And I really don't have a vision to get much larger than that because I like the work to be manageable, like to still provide good service. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a point where you can be oversaturated. And I don't, I don't want to be like running and putting out the fires. I want, I want people to know that when I'm working on their engagement, like you have my focus. Yeah. So I, I don't have a numbers answer for you mm-hmm. or other than to say – you know, other than maybe adding one, maybe two more people, that would be that would be it, right? I really gotcha. like doing my own thing. And if I want to take off and play pickleball, I'll go play pickleball. <laughs> also like hiking, so I'd throw that out there. Yeah. Um, Which Greenville's great for that. I mm-hmm. know. I live not too far from Paris Mountain. Okay. So that's an easy place to just drive over to and hike. Get but outside. Yes. Yeah. So, great hiking. So when you were starting your own company, what was the main appeal? Like, what were your, what were you thinking? Like, are most excited about being able to design the company so I get to use all my skills, and not just again not be siloed into okay, your friends' accounts. That's the only thing you do. Versus, I now have that opportunity to do forensic accounting, management consulting, merger and acquisition gotcha. work, right? And mm-hmm. to me. It's right. Key things interesting. Yeah, I teach part time and I do a lot, but I I don't know somehow I'm, it's very manageable. Um, I teach part time at Furman University, so I teach an ethics course there. I speak for um, South Carolina Associated PTPAs across the state, and then I'll do speaking for other associations. But I enjoy all that, and those are um, like touch points to me. Yeah. And same thing, you know, mentoring. So Cruise yes. Mentor Program, love that. It's my second year with Paysetters through the Greenville Chamber. Mm-hmm. So um, mentoring in their program for young professionals. Okay. And to me, it's that, again, ability to give back, pay it forward, whatever you want to say, right? Just anything to help someone else get that much farther ahead in their career, I think is pretty cool. So you clearly mentor other people. Did you have mentor or mentors that you feel like really shaped who you are and, and kind of how that happened? So this will be um, corny. <laughs> I'm excited. But as a, but as a kid, um, 
difficult, different kind of upbringing, but Speed Racer was a cartoon show. I, love, I could sing you the theme song and right now. Oh, please do. <laughs> Here comes Speed Racer. Okay. He's, he's a, a demon, demon on wheels. wheels. <laughs> he's a demon and he's going to be chasing after someone. He's busy revving up that powerful Mach 5. I'm now changing my ringtone to the It's so good. Well, and I liked it because he was a winner in a lot of different ways. But he was always willing in a race to stop and help out another driver and even, quote, his arch enemy, right? Uh, right? And still, whether he won or not. So that always stuck with me, right? That ability, like, yes, I want to win. Yes, I'd love to make it across the finish line, but at what cost? And I'm not going to leave someone else behind who might have a need. Mm-hmm. So that that will be, I'll say, early on. That speaks probably a lot about my own value system and ethics, just the way it is. And then um, joining into the CPA world. So in 2000, I joined this company called Olson & Company. And so I became their first female, I think, in the state, non-CPA, to have an ownership in a CPA firm. But six months working there. And at first, everyone was like, why are we hiring her? She's not a CPA. (laughs) True story. I had someone that actually took me aside and told me that. Because they did group interviews, you know. So I met with like 10 people at one time. That's a lot Um, for a group interview. Yeah, it is. But it's actually important, too, because you watch facial expressions. You might, you know, if I'm interviewing you, you might be speaking to the person across the table, and I'm sitting next to you. I'm actually watching to see your feet, how you're you shaking your feet, or your hands moving under the table, just like different cues that you're probably giving off. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's actually good, and it also, I think, helps to how will you handle a group environment, right? How quickly can you assimilate yourself into that group? Anyways, so why are we hiring her? But I did a lot of work with um, graphics for court, right, turning the numbers into stories in my for a CPA firm that I worked for prior. And so that was the lure of bringing me in. But within six months, I had the owner come in and say, okay, I'm just trying to figure this out. I'm watching and all the footprints keep coming into your doorway. Why are people seeking you out? I didn't have an answer. I said, I don't just want to come in. They talk, I listen, I, you know, I, I don't know. But wow. I think that was his first cue that looking back, like he thought he had someone he could pass the baton to. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was really good about, you know, he created a practice management role, never existed, but that allowed me to slip into that role a year before I became a partner. Um, again, undergraduate in communications, never owned a business. I had five other partners. Um, they were male at the time. And, you know, why her? She's not, she's never owned a business. She's not even a CPA. Okay, Ramona, could you go get your master's in business? Okay, I'll go do that. And so found a program um, and excelled in that, did well. So, okay, check check that box, you know. But he was really good and just lessons about doing business, right? Mm-hmm. You come to the table, and these are things I'll pass on. Be part of the conversation, right? I was a new kid. I'd only been there for two weeks, and he tapped me and said, come on, we're going to a, it was a litigation meeting with a, a law firm. You're going to the meeting. I was like, I am? Yep. And make sure you speak up. Okay. So he's like, even if you're paraphrasing a question, chiming in, he goes, you want to make sure that you have a presence at the table, yeah. right, that they know you're there. Hmm. And so that got schooled into me right from the beginning, right? You know, stand up when someone new comes in the room, shake their hand, make eye contact, um, just business etiquette that yeah. I hadn't really been taught before. So I think he started out as my mentor, and then as time progressed, now I'm starting slipping more into that managing partner role, um, then really became more like the coach and the sounding board. Um, so it was a nice transition and still friends. You yeah. know, here we are years later. And yeah, sometimes it's more like a brother-sister relationship. So sometimes that created some friction. <laughs> um, but also, you know, he was a much very strong personality, but had a lot of respect for what he had built. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to coexist fairly well together. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, thinking about... The opportunity, you know, he could have he could have been really encouraging to you, or he could have been the exact opposite of that. And yes. how different of outcomes you got from the way he that he was. I mean, yep. I just think that like for us and other people in our industry that are leaders and you know mentoring other people, like you know, take a lesson from that. I mean, you could totally just send someone like you know, tr- like having their career trajectory just like you know. <laughs> lasting forward as opposed to, you know, sitting back and like, you know, being told what to, you know, to do or when to act instead of being assertive and yep. and well, taking on ownership. And at some point, I don't know when in my life, but I started to be a why not me person. Yeah. Right. So why not me? 
Mm-hmm. Right? right. And then in this group, again, I had five very strong male partners and they were creating their own little cluster. So now at one point it was like, no matter what I did, it wasn't going to be right. It wasn't going to work. And so I had a um, senior person who was kind of in their circle take me aside and he said, just stop trying to make it work with them. It doesn't matter what you do. They are not going to accept you. So you just start being you and you do what works. And that was like the best advice because it kind of set me free. And then it became, you know, maybe this isn't the company for you. Mm -hmm, Maybe mm -hmm. you as a partner still need to exit and go do something else for yourself. And that's kind of how that story unfolded. But I think I needed that one person who came to me and just said, just be you. Stop trying to make it work with them because they're just not going to accept you. I think it is really interesting because, you know, thinking, I mean, as someone who is in a CPA firm and there's a lot more women now than Mm -hmm. there were probably like 20 years ago, definitely. But there's still a ton of it that is like a lot of my clients are very male dominated. And there's some piece of it where I've had to start saying like, this isn't how maybe you've done it in the past, but there's a reason why I'm good at what I do. And it's because I'm, I'm me and I didn't, I'm, I'm a woman and I think differently. And so why can't my strengths be what's going to make us either like do well with this client or yep. have a better project or deal with our staff better? And it was, I, I've had a similar situation where someone's come to me and just been like, you don't have to do it the way that we've always done it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Like, I guess I could figure out my own way to do that. And it's difficult, but it is freeing to be able to say, I'm going to forge my own path as far as like, what does an accountant look like for me? Like, yeah. What, right? what does a, a CPA or what does a, an auditor look like? And maybe it's different than another audit manager in a different part of the firm or a different part of the country. Yep. It's but okay. it's too having your voice that there's value to your voice, right? Yeah. That they want you at the table because you bring that different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that's that's very freeing for a group, right? First people might go, oh, darn, you know, <laughs> oh, here we go. Um, but right. at the end of the day, um, sometimes the outcome is much richer. Right? It And it's something where I can talk to like female staff that are starting now or have been here for like a year or two. And I know that they're looking at me in a different way than how I was able to look at, like, the male managers or partners yep. that were ahead of me. And it is, like, really exciting, I think, to be part of that change yep, it in is. an industry, a firm. I learned um, – so also in my background, I was in the military for a while. I was in the Air Force. And really? I was a, yes. <laughs> all these secrets. Yeah. <laughs> we'll slowly, like, like pull them out. I know. <laughs> no, but back to kind of, like, almost a way – I'd say proving yourself, but it is – so I was a crew chief on bombers for – so anybody who's listening, right, so B-52G <laughs> models, big birds. But I was just one of two female on a flight line, so wow. worked with a lot of men. Um, but that sit back and watch, like they would not necessarily jump up to help me do something, right, but they'd all sit back and wait and, okay, let's see if she can pull that hose up this long ladder for a refuel or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, but that just made me more determined, Mm-hmm. So I actually thanked them for that because it made me dig deep and go, I can do this and I'll do it on my own. I'll just right. show you all, you know. Right, yeah. Um, and again, also guys, though, that had my back, right? So I really appreciate that. So it challenged me. It pushed me, made me a little frustrated because I felt like, hey, if this was a, a guy out here, you'd probably be out here. Hey, let me get the back of the hose to make it easier for you as you're climbing up this long ladder, right? And didn't necessarily have that kind of help. Mm-hmm. But also I think um, the proving ground. So once I proved myself, then you get embraced or accepted, right, a lot more readily. Same in the CPA world, which had predominantly been male-dominated. Yeah. I was teaching a a class back in Sacramento, and um, I had a male student raise his hand. It was an accounting ethics class. And he goes, Professor, I just want to know, why are there so many women in the class now? (laughs) (laughs) A great question. (laughs) Right? We're smart. (laughs) Right? I mean, but truly. Yeah, 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 so that's right, right? We caught on. We Grace, found out that this is a good thing. Yeah, we could do it too, yeah. Career development, all those things, right? That's yes, right. right? Yeah. But it was, it was, it was, it was probably a 60-40 split. 60% yep. of the room had females. Yep, architecture is beginning to become like are that Are you too. seeing that too? Mm-hmm. We are, yeah. Right? And it's great. In fact, our company is, is all female. And it was not on purpose. It's just, you know, 
we happen to find talent that are that's great and they happen to be female and it's just it's been great so I, I personally love it I think we have a lot to offer in terms of accepting challenges and then giving back and relating to people I mean I think yes. that's a huge uh, trait that we have as women um, to be able to relate to people easier and and like you said sometimes empathize with them but just help break down those communication barriers yep so. Because we're all in the service industry, essentially. Yes, we are, like, right? We're all serving clients. We're yes, all trying yeah. to, you know. So, and then service above self, right? Because <laughs> okay. seriously. We'll write that one down. Yeah. You should. Because yeah. it'll come back to you, right? That that willingness to put others first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come back. Absolutely. Well, we talked about this a little bit, but I mean, what advice would you give to someone looking to do what you're doing today? Um, so you have to, I think you have to be realistic about your level of risk, right? What type of truly, right, acknowledge, hey, I'm a risk taker, I'm not a risk taker, where do you fall in that? I'm not a risk taker. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, Marina, could you, could you say that a little louder? I don't want to. <laughs> Seems risky. <laughs> but there's different types of risk, okay? So even inside, or as I would say to you, you're inside this organization, the CPA firm. Are you loving what you're doing? If not, but you're happy in the CPA firm, mm-hmm. find that champion, right, who is actually a partner, um, well-established, that has their pulse on the firm, start talking to them about what else you'd like to do. How, how do you see yourself in the firm? And it's, it's value to yourself, but also value to the firm, right? And if you can get someone who says, hey, like, I believe in you, and I know you can do this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm going to go and talk to so-and-so and see when they have a job that comes up is there's a, if there's a spot for you. So now you are getting some exposure, it's right? less risky. And you're tr- it's less risk, mm-hmm. but you're trying something. Either you love it or you don't. If you don't, at least you tried. Now mm-hmm. you check that box off, right? But to sit there in your office, in your workstation, and it's isolating, right? But you have to step around, step out, put your toe in the water. You know, especially if you're happy with the firm, the place where you are, then that's where you want to shine and grow. And I would think the firm would want the same thing for you. But sometimes they're waiting for you to take that initiative because, you know, it's this is your life, right? And the firm will tell you no if it's a no, but don't don't ask them to guess or just put you someplace because they have a vacancy mm-hmm. and they need you there because if it's not really what's going to make you happy, then at the end, nobody's happy, Yeah. right? And now it becomes a job, becomes a chore, and actually your time with the punk company is probably more limited. So that's, that's I second yeah, that immensely. Biggest. Like if I know what one of my employees wants to, you know, where they want to be eventually, like I can always have that in my mind and like be looking for opportunities nice. to give them that opportunity. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely. Right. So for the big risk takers, what do you recommend? For the not marinas <laughs> of the world. <laughs> think it think it through and at some point you just jump in. Honestly, because you there's never a perfect time. And some people want, right, all the boxes checked, everything. I will tell you the the day I started. Um, I'm in Colorado Springs visiting my son and his wife, and I'm, I'm emailing back here. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I need a logo. I need letterhead. <laughs> and I'm working with someone who 24 hours later is, like, turning that all over yeah. to me because I thought, okay, I can just – I've just got to start it, right? I've just got to start it. I'll make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's that. It's Sometimes if you wait too long, you've, you've missed that, you know, maybe the best opportunity. You can always enter into the market, but it might not as have been – as good a time, right? Yeah. Um, so sometimes it's saying it's anything in life, right? It's that fear factor. Um, but if you can get beyond that, it's like that's when everything starts falling in. And then you look back and sometimes you go, why did I wait so long? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, for me, I have you, I don't I don't feel like I waited too long. Mm-hmm. I just felt like this is the right time. And yes, we were in the COVID environment. There's yeah. other factors going on, but I just felt like Right. Just make it right. Yeah, exactly. So. I mean, the biggest I always thought about it, like the biggest fear that you could have in that type of situation is like, oh, well, I got to go get a job again somewhere else. Like if, if you completely fall flat on your face, <laughs> you know, like that's the worst case scenario, like you probably live with that, you know, that's and, then, true. and just reevaluate at that point. Yeah. And yeah, not to say those opportunities haven't crossed my path, but I'm I'm enjoying what I'm doing right now. And yeah. then even for um, so like CPA firms, I was visiting with my old colleagues. I got quotes up there for the old. <laughs> but just talking about, you know, what I'm doing. And um, so it's a tax um, senior manager. And he said, oh, my gosh. So we have a client. 
and they're having a lot of trouble getting financing because they're they're books are a mess, right? It's not really telling the financial condition of the company. So you do that, you could go and help. So I'm a non-threat because I don't do traditional work, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not an auditor. So I'll be able to go in, help the client, and then turn them right back over. Right. Um, but his, his comment was, you know, we do their tax work, but we're spending more time and money just helping them clean up their books mm -hmm. more than like they shouldn't be spending the money, have us, right? They need somebody like you. So I was like, yeah, have them reach out. Happy to have just a conversation, right? Will they? Yeah. You know, we'll find out um, if there's a part two. <laughs> yeah. But it's just that, again, I, I feel a unique spot. And so just having those conversations, right, making that awareness out there mm -hmm. so people realize, oh, there's another resource and we don't have to worry about risk losing our client to Ramona versus she's actually going to come in and help our client get better. Yeah. Yep. Add value. Yeah. So I feel like you've given us a lot of good advice overall in this interview, but I would like to ask you, what is like the best piece of advice you feel like you've received, either recently or a long time ago? <laughs> it's true. I think um, just be me. Mm. Right? Yeah. I really do love that. It's so freeing when you think about it. You have to be confident about it, but, yes. but it's freeing. Yeah, and no, I know, I, again, I surround myself with great people, so I know what I can and can't do. Mm -hmm. And if I can't do it, but I have someone who can, and, you, know, you build teams, yeah. right? Um, so that's, that's that. But I think that just being true to myself first, uh, that I'm, I don't you know, I don't have to worry about anything or, I don't know, just be me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's true. I feel like confidence is a huge part of also being a risk taker, saying like confident well, enough to say like, well, yes. if I fail at this, it's okay. I'll yeah, no, confidence is huge, right? Not arrogance though. So I think I'm fairly humble, but I am confident mm -hmm. that I can do it. Um, and I have, and I don't just like forensic accounting, nothing I ever set out to do, right? I've never been a numbers person. How did, can I ask oh really gosh. quick, how did you like fall into forensic accounting? So I was, I was it working, does not seem like something you fall into. I know. Into. I was actually a, um, a business a paralegal doing business transactions. Mm -hmm. So I'd done a lot of real estate partnerships. And then I had someone say to me, hey, I have a uh, owner of a CPA firm and they'd love to have someone with some legal experience. And I was contemplating getting the accounting experience because I wanted to go. We had some big developers in town, mm -hmm. and I'd work on a couple of projects for them, putting together their deals. And so my thought was, okay, I'll go get my accounting experience, and then I'm going to tap these developers and probably go in-house for them. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I shifted over. They were happy to have me. Didn't have the accounting background, but I had the legal experience. And But again, I'm a quick study, and I'm not mm -hmm. afraid you know, to jump in. Like, first time I spread a balance sheet, I did the beginning and the ending. And they were like, no, we just needed the ending. I was like, oh, it's so a point sorry. in time, I'm Ramona. Like, no, it's a point in time. <laughs> but I didn't know, right? But I'm willing to, like, jump in. Um, first time I was a paralegal in this law firm, they're like, could you go ahead and um, draft a buy-sell agreement? <laughs> so I had spoken with the people in there. They had a, um, a team that did all of the data entry, the word processing and said, hey, I'm, I'm just starting with you guys. I don't even know how to use this stuff. So if I come in on a Saturday and you're working, would you mind teaching me? So I did. I went in on like two, three Saturdays. And then this partner said, um, so go ahead, draft a buy-sell agreement. Okay. Um, so I had to go, do you, do you, have you done any recent buy-sell agreements? <laughs> like just two or three that I can look at. Yeah. And so I put one together using three different models. And yeah. it was like, they were like so thrilled. I was yes, like, oh, really? That's awesome. <laughs> happy, happy and like being able to compile based on a thousand other yeah. examples is half of right? my like, job. This, this looks like this belongs in here. Okay. I know that Anyways. this is true and I know this is true. And if I put it together, it seems like it'll be true for this. So that was the, but the transition from the law firm, right? And doing business transactions to the accounting firm. That was that, that was that leap. And then after there, just kept evolving and slowly fell into, you know, could you review our valuation reports? Yeah, you seem to have a knack for that. What about actually doing a valuation yourself? Yeah, I could do that. So for eight years, I did business valuations and kind of got some exposure to mm -hmm. a forensic accounting project. And that's kind of what switched, right? Flipped that switch. And then when I moved to um, Olson and Company, which is a company I'd been with for about 17 years, it was all forensic accounting. Nice. And never looked back. <laughs> Early on, did they ask you to get your CPA? Or, I mean, you got the MBA, right? So yeah. did, were they also like... Uh, yes, and even inside the um, 
California State Society of CPAs because mm-hmm. I was uh, uh, part of their management of accounting firms, their statewide group. Mm-hmm. And they would, you know, just, why don't you just get your license? If you were licensed, you could be president of, yeah. you know, the California. And you're just like, it's not for me. Yeah. And I kind of, I like the idea of, to your point earlier, bringing a different voice to the table. I don't want to be like everybody else. You know, I yeah. like that ability to ask the why or that doesn't quite make sense. Could you, you know, um, mm-hmm. and sometimes you need that. Otherwise, it's so easy for everybody to nod. Oh, yep, that's that's it. That's the solution. Yeah. Right. And sometimes the easiest answer is not the best answer. Yeah. Makes um, sense. So I have, um, you know, it's been a tougher road for me. I will tell you that, like being sure. expert, mm-hmm. you know, it's taken working on cases a lot longer. And that's where like building my confidence um, still don't necessarily, I won't say I'm 100% comfortable being in a courtroom. Um, my first exposure was a federal case and it was ugly, like ugly, ugly. Just nobody was my friend, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but then a couple years ago, I went down to Florida on a business interruption. I was the expert and it ended up being these wonderful teaching moments where the judge opened it up to the jury and they ended up asking me more about forensic accounting and being an opposing expert. And he never stopped them. And I was just mm-hmm. like, it's very interesting, right? Yeah, wow. But that was a good confidence booster. And I was kind of like, oh, so this is what it's like in a courtroom when it's not everybody's trying to, like, throw daggers at you. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, but that, again, different level of confidence. And you just have to, I think, take a, a deep breath. So I learned that. That's another thing, right? Take a deep breath, right? When you start feeling anxious or whatever, just breathe. Yeah. Right? it'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, if I can ask, so we're all in crew. Yes. Um, how do you feel like, like, what kind of benefit are you getting from crew? Like, why are you in crew? Yeah. What do you like about crew? <laughs> Tell us why you like me as president. Look at <laughs> the hair flip. No. <laughs> okay. Seriously. Uh, I love that it's primarily, uh, women, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the benefit of women is cool. And I have met some great people, some great commercial bankers who I actually have close relationships with now. Um, we have a, a new male member who's coming in, uh, and that ability to say, no, crew has a place for you, yeah, right? Absolutely. Uh, and so I enjoy all of that. Now you guys have the mentor program. Mm-hmm. And so to have been asked to be a mentor was really cool, right? Made yeah. me feel really good. And then it's kind of like, okay, that's why you're in crew, right? There's a place for me. And it's kind so. of a no-brainer, I feel like. I mean, Ramona and I got to know each other because, what, like two years ago? Yes. You were in, we have like small group conversations, and I had invited, I think, like seven <laughs> people to come. And Ramona and I ended up being so the good. only two. And it was honestly one of the best hour coffee conversations I've uh-huh. had in a while. Thank so you. I really appreciated it. And I mean, I'm very excited to have you on today because I remember yes. that being such a great conversation. I was like, there's no way that Ramona would be a bad <laughs> podcast guest. <laughs> Yeah. And I didn't even know half of your secrets. <laughs> I know. I feel like there's been some big ones like the Air Force. I never never knew that. Was the really Air cool. Force before or after college? Um, it was all college came for me much later. Okay. I didn't uh, I was well into the CPA development, if you will, before I went and actually got my undergraduate. They actually uh, California State University of Sacramento had launched a program where if you had so many units already, you could come in. They had a two-year program designed. Mm. So it started with 25 of us in the programs, like a cohort. Um, so you went to school in the evenings. At the end of the two-year cycle, only three of us were ready to graduate. Because if you had any other courses on you to go take them. Gotcha. So I, like two times, I had to double up, right? So I had maybe four classes <laughs> I was taking, plus working full-time, right. plus I had a family at the time. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of juggling, but, um, mm-hmm. so the air force was a couple years out of, um, high school is when I did that. And that's what got us out to California, okay. which is where we were for about 30 years. Now I'm aging myself <laughs> and then moving here. No one can um, do mental math. I told you <laughs> yeah, already. I got my Excel spreadsheet that I'll use later, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. but, um, so, but education always, I've always tried, even in the Air Force, uh, switched on the flight line, you rotated like every so many weeks, so it was almost impossible to go to school. And mm-hmm. at that time, they didn't have online classes. God, another clue that I'm aging myself. <laughs> Anyways, um, but so I switched, went into their quality assurance. So I was their first female, youngest ranking, and a bunch of inspectors. It was me and like 15 guys. It was like having 15 big brothers, right? A lot of, just a lot of fun. Yeah. But that enabled me to go to school at night. Um, so that's where I started, started on a business path. Mm-hmm. I could do well, but I wasn't thrilled about it. 
Um, so then in California, they launched this program. So I thought, it's communications. It's probably a better fit. And was able to kind of just plow through. Yeah. Same with the masters. They developed a, um, so I was in their first cohort, which was an accelerated master's program. So I was done in like 15 months. Wow. And just, but that is me, right? Yeah. So again, once I visualize, commit, yeah, make and it think I can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Right? So I know I can do it. It's a skill. Yeah. For sure. Well, to be able to see it and then take the risk and then be confident enough and dedicated and disciplined enough yeah. To, yeah. to do it. So, yeah. Well, this has been awesome. I mean, I personally have loved every minute of yes. it. That um, was fun. Thank you for inviting me, by the way. Yeah. Oh, we haven't even gotten to the yeah. fun <laughs> questions well, we got, yet. We have five rapid-fire questions okay. left, for, left for you if you're ready. <laughs> um, so I guess I will go first. Mm -hmm. what, what do you like to do for fun? Okay, so I told you pickleball and hiking. Mm -hmm. Yep. Chatting with my kids on the on the phone. Oh, How many kids? Two, son two. and a daughter. Okay. Perfect. And what are their age real quick? Uh, son is 31. Don't He's, age her like no, that. It's all right. It's okay. It's, I'm kind of getting used to it. I'm just it's trying fine. to draw uh, like a mental picture. Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's 31, and he's a captain in the Army. Okay. Very active. He's actually deployed right now. Mm -hmm. I have a daughter who's 26, and she's a performer, so she's currently performing with Legends in Concert in Myrtle Beach. We just went and saw her this past week. Awesome. So that was really cool. Yeah. 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 So she's there till January performing with them. That's awesome. So two, right, two kids and two very different lives. Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so where's your favorite place to travel? Um, so I thought about that. I really don't have a favorite place to travel, but I will tell you what I really love is always traveling to come back home. Mm, I don't know. How cute. No, I'm not being cute. I mean, it's not like I have kids. Don't have the dog at home anymore. Oh, like I mean, that, you're just, she loves Greenville. She's yes. not with home. I home know. can be anywhere. But I love, like, just, I don't know, that first night that you're sleeping back in your own bed. No, it's nice. Does that, it's see? Nice. See? It's so Does that nice. not feel good? It so is I really true. I a really nerdy story. Yeah, I'm ready quick. for the nerdy story. Yeah, so when I... I <laughs> went, see how nerdy I, this is? <laughs> I traveled somewhere in Europe, I don't remember, but it was like the same thing with coming back home. Like when, I, when I'm going back through customs, getting back into the, the U.S., the guy stamps my passport and he says, welcome home. I'm like... Oh, <laughs> oh see? <laughs> I will say I went to my first time traveling out of the States okay. was to go to Ireland with my mom over oh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. And we got back in and I had rented the car and only my name on it. So I was the one that had to drive the whole time. <laughs> and we got back on Thanksgiving Day. So I was thankful for two things. I was thankful for driving on the right side of the road. Oh, yeah, yeah. And for scary. the one McDonald's that was oh, open no. late on. at night on Thanksgiving so that we could get our Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I, and it was very good to be home. <laughs> That's funny. I actually have eaten Thanksgiving dinner at McDonald's before, too. Okay, okay well, we'll put that down on list. We'll call those, like, facts. true confessions, but I'm not confessing yeah, that. I wouldn't want no, to confess no. that. <laughs> okay, um, what is your favorite business-related book or book in general if you don't have a favorite yeah. business book? So for pleasure, I just read Suspense with the Twist mm. of Romance because I'm still a sucker for happy yes. endings. Always, yes. always. But, in the ethics course I teach, I've been using this book I had to write down. It's called The Business Secrets of the Trappist Monks. And it's about an entrepreneur, very successful, buys, bought, sold several businesses, but rediscovery of who he is and what really matters mm -hmm. and how he became a selfless leader by living with these monks for a number of years. Um, and oh. yeah, it was actually, it's really good. So I've used it a number of times and students afterwards will say, wow, that was really a good book because it makes you think about you as a leader, right? Mm -hmm. What kind of leader? Yeah. And even leaders can find themselves in the desert, right? Mm -hmm. And so learning to be comfortable in that desert, yeah. you know, figuring out what's going to happen next. Um, so yeah. it's, it's a good book. Awesome. I'm glad. I'm glad we are putting all those in the show notes because yeah. I really want to read that one. Also, have you ever read anything by Leanne Moriarty? She does like Big Little Lies. Was that a movie too? It, yes. Well, it was a okay. show too, but I've... all of her books are great and okay. they're suspense mm -hmm. with it. <laughs> okay. So yeah. Sandra Brown. Karen okay. Robards, I like a lot. Uh, anyways. Okay. Um, current TV show that okay. you're watching or podcast if you're not a TV watcher. Yeah. So, no, I will watch. So we have like the Prime and Netflix, right, which mm -hmm. is very common now. So right now it's an Australian show called Sea Change. Okay. Uh, it's back in the 90s, I guess, or something. But um, just life amongst the locals, right, and all their ups and downs. And so I'm enjoying that. But also international subtitles, anything by Walter Presents is very cool. Like, okay. there's a lot of suspense and uh, murder mysteries. Yeah. What is the original language that it's in? It, while Walter Presents, we'll do um, Danish, 
Okay. Raja. It's just international. They're mm. well out there. I love subtitled things, actually, because I like to have a reason to not be looking at my phone or doing anything else while yeah. I watch it because I have to be reading what's on the screen. Yeah, that's okay. a good point. Um, yeah. And it takes a little extra focus, but I find that I like enjoy myself more. Well, and after way. a while, you forget you're reading subtitles, oh, right? Like you get pulled in. And I've, I've done it where they can like sub over English and I don't like it. Yeah, I would rather that's... hear the language that they're in in the background. Yes. So. Yeah. yeah. So that anyways, but so like you'll see a big WP and it makes a swoop sound. Uh, it's pink letters okay. and that's Walter presents. Is that on like Amazon? So yep. Yeah, but if you go through, um, oh, come on. What's the, um, <laughs> they do English broadcasting and like BBC. Uh, yes. Thank you. Okay. But if you go through there or I'm trying to think of the U S one that's on channel six. Like, <laughs> like, on me. like PBS. Thank you. PBS. That nice, was the <laughs> I'm like channel six. Is I know. Television. But, <laughs> yeah. yes, um, yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, so if you go on to PBS, because they'll have an international. Oh, yeah. And a lot of them are, are by Walter Presents. Okay. They're I'll really good. look into that. Yeah. I really do They're like really that. enjoyable. I like yeah. them. And then my husband doesn't like subtitles, so it's like late at night or early in the morning I have to watch them. <laughs> okay. I used to turn subtitles on on English shows and turn it way, way down because my roommate was sleeping in the morning. And I would I had a show that I would watch with my coworker, and she would watch it live. I would watch it on Hulu, which it comes out at like 5 in the morning or huh. something. So I would get up at 5, and I would turn the TV down to like 2, and I would watch it with subtitles so that by the time I started work, I could be ready to discuss <laughs> with funny? my friend who watched it oh the night gosh. before. <laughs> So That's funny. Um, dedication. Yes, that, that is dedication. Serious dedication. Wow. <laughs> Not to the show, it was to my friend who wanted uh-huh. to discuss yeah. it. Yes, okay. So, yeah. What a good friend you are. <laughs> yes, right? <laughs> All right, last question and the most important The most one. important for me and Chesley, for yes. sure. Oh. What is your favorite restaurant in Greenville and what do you like to eat there? Okay, you guys are going to kill me. So I don't have a favorite restaurant. What? So I'm a very bland, simple eater. So <laughs> She's a risk taker, about, but not at the dinner yeah. table. No, this is very true. It's very, very true. So I will go like Maple Street Biscuit Company. I love their cinnamon biscuits. I don't even get mm-hmm. it with the icing. I don't like the icing. Just okay. the biscuits, right? Heat them, the, heat them warm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. Very mm-hmm. simple. Mm-hmm. Um, Unlock Coffee Roasters is over in Post West Village. I'm not a coffee drinker. Um, but they have really good smoothies. <laughs> so if I can make a meeting happen over there in the afternoon, Smoothie. and they have an immune, what is it, immunity booster one, which uh, is all fruit. There's not any, I don't eat yogurt or anything like mm-hmm. that, right? And it doesn't have any of that stuff in there. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm like hooked. So I'll go, oh, do you want to meet in the morning or, or did you want to meet in the afternoon? <laughs> they say, the afternoon, oh, how about unlock coffee roasters? We could have smoothies. They're, are they the new 8020 or the Po West? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I was so. thinking that they're over there. Yeah. You really do a cool vibe. Spill the beans also, their smoothies is just three fruits that you pick and really? they will blend it and up for end. you. Okay. So if you ever, if you're ever not able to get to <sighs> West End, yeah. you, you need a I smoothie that doesn't have anything in it but fruit yeah. and spill the beans. And then was it pomegranate? I like either the salmon or their chicken kebab. Yep. They do have a great They have that kebab. yellow rice with um, mm. the cranberry in it. That's where so we had lunch. Good. Yeah, see, that we did. Yeah. There you go, right? Yeah. And that was really good. It was, so, yeah. So that's that. And then recently I went to um, Taco Willie's. Willie Taco? Willie Taco. Willie Taco. Yeah. See, he tells you I'm not big on the restaurants, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Now you lost my night. Taco Willie's. I'll my words. <laughs> Anyways, so they had a quesadilla that had – is it braised beef? Yes. In it? mm-hmm. It's like the braised. dos Eki, braised was, brisket situation. Yeah. So I, I got that. But I am a no pico gallo, no, gu- no guacamole. The guy's like, what do you want? Go just give me the basic. <laughs> like the cheese and, then, and the meat. And then sour cream on the side. We're good to go. Okay. Well, so, I mean. I don't like spice, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. But right. those are not going to invite you for coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to, I'm a big tea drinker. Oh, okay. I like tea drinker. Right. I'm a big tea drinker. Do but you, not herbal tea. Are you a big make it at home person? I have tea bags at home. Okay. Or do you like have a place out where you like to get tea? No, I'll bring my own tea bags with me. Okay. Okay. And yes, and my own sugar. Okay. So sugar, is it like a sugar and a cream or just sugar? No, just sugar. Okay. And it's green tea, decraft green tea, or there's a white tea. That if you follow Marina on white. Instagram, you'll realize why she's asking these questions. Why? Yeah. Because she makes craft drinks out of like everything. I do? Amazing. I love mixing flavors. Oh. It's just like one of my favorite things mm. to do. Um, and so like I have an espresso machine and so I like to make like cool, fun coffee drinks. I'm always researching. I have a friend who will send me stuff. This person had a salted cream cold brew and I actually made it and you put Mm. salt into the cream before you like froth it. 
It's strangely delicious. And I'm sitting here going, and you think that sounds good? I I said, I don't know that that sounds really good, but I'm willing to try it. And so we Uh, made it, and we drank it. It's really good. And so really, I'm like... My daughter's like you, right? In another life, I would have been like a bartender, a barista, or something like that. So I could have just like been like a mixologist. But I would be that person who would just say, "Please don't ask me to try that." Well, and I would say like, "Well, what flavors do you like?" Because I'll make you something very simple that you will love. Yeah. Okay. And it'll be just white tea. Yeah. (laughs) With a little sugar. Hey, I just this past year. You have to be you. I just this past year started using honey. Okay. Oh. Here's my daughter, right? Because she's into all those experiments. Mm-hmm. Like I said, my daughter mm-hmm. knew it would get along extremely well. But she's like, Mom, just try some honey. Just try it. So I had to go online and research, you know, best, best honey for mm-hmm. white tea. Yeah. So there's actually one called fireweed. It comes out of the Northwest. Okay. Right? So this kills me, though. $13 for a little jar, $10 for the shipping. So I'm like, oh. oh. You know. So you're going to take your next vacation up there to oh, get yourself up. Right? I just have to <laughs> tap, tap some of my bags. friends. Like, could you just look and see if you can find So I'll go yeah. to, like, TJ Maxx, Marshalls, to and see look and find it. Yeah. yeah. So I found there's a acacia one, I think it's called, and okay. Linden. I don't know. What, what, anyway, two what other is, honeys. What is the – because I'll be don't on the lookout. Me. What's in what it? kind of honey is it again? There was, so they're very light amber color is okay. what I can okay. tell you. So there's color. not a lot of, there's a little flavor, but it's not overwhelming. Yeah. Otherwise, I won't like it. But the fireweed one, I don't know, I just really That's like that. Okay. Yeah. Fireweed. I'll keep an eye out for okay. you. Okay. Don't do that. worry. Seriously, if you do, Especially I if that. I'm like in a place like North Carolina okay. or Georgia or something. If you see it. I'll, I'll be hitting you Fireweed. up so that you, yeah. Okay. Yeah. you can find it and get it for less than $10 shipping. You'll be my new best friend. I'm trying to be. Anyways, but that's adventurous for me on the food side was, honey, you know, I'm X years honey old and I just, I'm just trying honey this, like, you know, six months ago. A oh. random aside is that Methodical's tea, they'll add honey to it, and I got hooked on that for a little bit too, so it's worth trying, okay. you know, just as something else to try out there. So <laughs> Okay. My yeah. version of drinking tea is going to Village Grind and getting a lavender Earl Grey, oh, like London Fog latte. Oh. <laughs> but I, I can also make those at home, don't worry. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Anyway. <laughs> right. well. Okay, Miss Barista. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming. We yeah, really appreciate I had a great time. Agreed. So yes, thank, thank you, you so much. Amazing. Very enjoyable. Awesome. So, Good. Glad you guys are doing this. Yep. We are so happy to do it and happy to have great guests yeah. like you. Come yes, on. Yes, thank exactly. you. Thanks.